Well, good evening, everybody. It's good to see everyone again. Uh, we can see you. Uh, you. You can only see us. Uh, but we have, uh, we're almost at uh, 400, we're approaching 400. Uh, so anyway, it's good. Uh, we can all be together again. And uh, tonight, uh, we're going to be going through a number of questions uh, on a number of different topics. Uh, but uh, these questions were all uh, submitted uh, by some of you. And we, uh, we take them all very seriously. And so uh, we like to address them as much as we can. As the brothers have said in the past, this is called question and response not question and answer. So uh, there will be responses. Uh, and uh, we just look to the Lord uh, to uh, meet all of our needs, to shepherd all of us tonight. Uh, I think we're ready to start. So uh, I'll turn it over to Trevor. Oh, we should say uh, tonight, we are joined by Brother Ray Mulligan in Dublin and uh, Brother Ken Mooney in Munich, Germany, and Brother Mark Ruda, who is in Gut Elam, which is in the center of Germany. Okay. Amen. Amen. Okay. Here we go. Let's get started. Um, first question. The very first question of this fireside chat. Um, this I'm gonna I'm gonna direct this question to Brother Ray, and uh, the others can follow if if they feel they have a burden to um, follow up and and maybe add more to whatever Ray says. So <clears throat> this question is: the brothers oftentimes emphasize. I'm gonna close this door. I'm sorry if you can hear the dogs barking or not. Okay. <laughs> I apologize. So unprofessional. Okay, the brothers oftentimes emphasize that we need to thoroughly clear the past. There are some things in my past, such as certain sins, that I feel I cannot deal with. If I do not deal thoroughly with my past, does that mean that I'll never be an overcomer. Hmm. Okay, first up. Uh, this idea of dealing with our past, first of all, uh, I would say it's an important matter, uh, but we do have to have the proper understanding uh, concerning this. Um, you know, the first thing to realize, uh, brothers and sisters, is that our salvation in Christ is a most glorious and complete thing. In other words, regardless of who we were, regardless of the sins we've committed in the past or even up till now, regardless of our condition, in God's eyes, we are his children by virtue of our regeneration. So if in your experience you have opened your heart to the Lord, you prayed, you received Christ, you've been born again. That means you have a different life. 
And in many ways, it's really uh, the crossing of a river. Uh, the word Hebrews in the New Testament means river crossers. That means as believers, we've left the old man behind. In fact, the old man has been crucified with Christ. But of course, we face things in the course of our, our daily life, our Christian life, which may bring back memories, or maybe we still face things from our past in the way of temptation and, and other things. So the first thing is still to realize our salvation is the most tremendous thing. It's the most complete and thorough thing. In God's eyes, he does not remember our sins anymore. That's in the book of Hebrews. He not only forgives us and cleanses us, but he doesn't remember our sins. His memory, if you could say it this way, there's one fault. God has a faulty memory. He does not remember our sins. Yet we seem to do a very good job of bringing this up in our mind and in our considerations. So having established the fact that we have been saved and we have been forgiven and we have been cleansed by way of our redemption. Now the question is, when we speak about this matter of the clearance of the past, that is really a matter to help strengthen our Christian life and our actual pursuit of the Lord as we move forward. So the question indicated there may be some difficulty in dealing with certain things in a thorough way. We don't know exactly what's being referred to, but it's very important for us to realize that our, our salvation is a complete and adequate salvation. There's nothing more that we need to do in order to be saved. But of course, there is that then becomes the question of how do we go on with the Lord? How do we walk with the Lord? How do we live a life that matches what the Lord really requires of us? And so when we speak of this matter, the clearance of the past, that's for, that's for our sake. It's not something that God requires for us to be saved. And so the clearance of the past is intended to address matters where there may be some weakness in our conscience because of things that we've done. For example, in Luke chapter 19, there's a story of Zacchaeus. He, he gets saved. The Lord, he invites the Lord to his home. He's a chief tax collector and he was rich. And you know, the way he became rich in large part was his ability to cheat people. And so uh, what he did because of his salvation, he began to make restitution with others. This is what it means to clear the past. In other words, there may be situations where you just need to clear something up with another person. You may have cheated them. You may have gotten into an argument with them. It might be that you need to confess or apologize. Uh, maybe you stole something from someone. This requires some kind of restitution. But in terms of your own sinful behavior, yes, we do need to deal with these things. Uh, but our remedy is, I would say, in 1 John chapter 1, verse 
9. I just want to read the verse to you. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, uh, brothers and sisters, in, in our consideration of our walk with the Lord, maybe we feel there are things from our past that still plague us. We need to remember that we have the cleansing of the blood that cleanses us from all sins. Of course, this has already happened by way of our redemption and our regeneration. But then as we go on, if we do shrink back, if we do fall back into behavior from the past, we can still come to him confessing our sins and asking for his forgiveness. Then one final point in relation to this, when we talk about clearance of the past, we also have to be careful that we aren't stuck in the past. In other words, that we become so introspective that we're bringing up things in our past and uh, these things continue to plague us and our conscience continues to be bothered by these things. And we consider that we begin to have a, a really low view concerning ourselves. How can we be an overcomer? I still think these thoughts or say these things or I look at these things on the internet. Yes. You may have these kind of failures, but again, we have 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. Yet at the same time, uh, saints, I would just caution you not to be mired in the things of the past. Meaning, when the Lord seeks for us, when he speaks to us about clearing the past and in confessing our sins, we should do so according to life and peace. Amen which means that, yes, we open our situation to the Lord. We may have a problem with some kind of a sinful behavior. We open, we confess, and we go on, knowing that we are forgiven by him. There is no need for us to dwell there. We have life and peace, and we go according to life and peace. And so if there's this thought that, oh, I, perhaps I have not dealt adequately, I have not adequately cleared the things of the past, we should only consider it in the light of life and peace, not according to what we think we should do. When we confess our sins to the Lord, he forgives us. He's only too willing to supply us and to strengthen us to go on. And, and we should go on. We should run the race with all the other brothers and sisters. We should not be condemned. But if something does come to us again, there's another kind of failure that comes to us again, we confess these sins and we bring this matter to the Lord for the cleansing. But uh, I'm so thankful for such a salvation and uh, that, that we have this way to go on. But the clearance of the past really is meant more than anything to help strengthen our Christian life and our Christian walk. Yeah. So I'll just uh, maybe conclude here. Amen. Yeah, with um, one thing you know, with that story of Zacchaeus, he saw the Lord. He saw how precious the Lord was, and he just, because the Lord was so wonderful, so precious, he just offered, he was just touched automatically by, in his conscience. And this is the way the clearance of the past should work, that we, we, we see the Lord, we see who he is, 
and then we're, we're touched by him to take care of some matters. Maybe we would hurt others. Um, but another, I think another key matter of the clearance is that it's to shut the door to the enemy. The yeah. enemy can't come back later and say, well, you did this, you did this, you did this. Um, on one hand, we, you know, we're, we're, we're forgiven. The Lord has forgiven, cleansed, and forgotten all, all the issues, all of our sins. But the enemy, if, if, if there's some things we've um, done uh, or some um, matters, uh, unrighteous matters, um, ones we've offended, uh, then as Ray said, according to life and peace, as we just, as we touch the Lord, something may, he may bring something to light. Mm -hmm. We take care of that matter when he brings it to light. Um, right. um, but a, the clearance of the past is not sitting down and trying to figure out how many, what are all the bad things I've done? That's a, um, that's a, an endless, um, uh, that's just endless. Um, but it's what the Lord deals with. And if the Lord doesn't deal with it, then we don't deal with it. Yeah. Uh, just, but we just go according to life and peace and realizing that the Lord is doing this in a large part for that the enemy would have no ground to, to come back and accuse us. Right. Amen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you have anything to add, Brother Mark, before we move on? Well, actually, I was thinking about something that, um, uh, an experience I had where, uh, uh, I think I was eating an orange and I threw the orange rind on the ground and then I thought, no, I better pick that up. And then I saw some other trash by the orange rind and, uh, yeah, I thought that'd be a good idea to pick that up as well. And I was, I was, I was living on campus at the time and, uh, I was very close to a parking lot. Uh, by campus, but I was I was uh, on the stairs leading up to the parking lot. So so I was picking up the trash on the stairs and you know feeling pretty good about myself and you know this is what I should be doing. And uh, when I got up to the the parking lot, it was filled with trash. The whole parking lot was filled with trash, and I realized. <laughs> I had gone way beyond what my conscience uh, was demanding of me. So, I mean, this is just to illustrate the fact that the enemy can, can use this, this, this matter of even clearing our paths to, to right. push us too far. Right. And we need to go according to life and peace. Amen. Amen. Really good. Amen. Thank you, brothers. <clears throat> Anything more, Trevor, before we move on? I'm good to go, man. I think, we're, right. I think we're ready for number two. Okay, number two. Uh, okay. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, this question reads, uh, Sometimes when I wake up, I get distracted and waste time. And it's hard for me to have a time with the Lord and or read the Bible. Any suggestions on how to discipline myself to do these things in the early morning? Also, sometimes I feel really discouraged when I need to miss a message. 
or a meeting. Like when I miss a dive session, oh, that's, that's sweet. That's not in the question, I'm just saying that. But um, anyway, okay. I also tend to feel discouragement and condemnation when uh, pre-coronavirus circumstances sometimes prevent me from going to the meetings, shepherding others, or going to conferences. How do we recognize God's sovereignty when sometimes our circumstances appear adverse to God's will for our lives, such as when they prevent us from doing spiritual things? So uh, we'll direct this one uh, first uh, to you, Brother Kim. Amen. Um, this is something we all struggle with, uh, this matter of our time. Um, and of course, you know, the word says uh, in Ephesians, redeem the time. But there's also a couple of marvelous prayers of Paul's in Ephesians. Um, and, you know, chapter one talks about the, 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 the um, let me just read it. Um, what is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the operation of the might of his strength, which he caused to operate in Christ, and raising him from the dead and seating him in his right hand in the heavenly. So, on one hand, our natural being just wants to, wants to find any way to, to waste time or use it. But the Lord, he wants, he wants to spread into it. For Ephesians chapter 3, also, the Lord spreading into our heart. The Lord wants to grow in us. And as the Lord gradually grows in us, these issues will fall away. Um, uh, trying to discipline ourselves, um, uh, that, that's, that typically does not work. Um, but when we have a heart that says, Lord, I want, to spend, I want to spend time with you. Uh, the thing to do is pray, Lord, give me a heart to spend time with you in the morning. Um, there are many good verses. Uh, about the desire to get up in the morning. And uh, there's a verse in Psalms that I went to bed, basically I'm very much paraphrasing it, but uh, when I go to bed at night, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting up and spending time with you in the morning. So praying over some of these verses and cultivating the, the, the heart to be with the Lord in the morning. Um, of course, one practice is, um, and we all fail on this one, uh, especially these days, don't look at the news first. Don't look at the emails and the text messages and the WhatsApp messages first. We need to come to the Lord first. We, we, you know, the, the, this Lord, if, if we touch him first, then he will um, draw, continue to draw us. Uh, as, we, as he draws us, then these other things will fall away. But it's really... We need to have the experience of the seeker in the Song of Songs. We just need to run after him. He will draw us. He draws us, we run after him. Um, but this is, this is something that we're all, all dealing with. Um, concerning the other part of the question, um, taking care of things that prevent us. Um, you know, um, Jacob in... Um, Genesis uh, 48, 15 said, the Lord shepherded me all the days of my life. And if you look at Jacob, 
he had many, many sovereign situations that the Lord used to, to deal with him. Um, but eventually he just, he come down and said, I, the Lord has shepherded me all the days of my life. And um, personally, um, I've had, okay, I, you know, I'll just see one, one experience I had uh, when I was, when I was, uh, had just gotten out of, just graduated from uh, university and was in the U.S. Army. Uh, and I was convinced beyond the shadow of a doubt that I would not have to go to, to serve in Vietnam. I knew that for a fact I was not going to have to do that. Because my heart had already been married and my heart was for Christ in the church and my wife was. Well, I got orders from Vietnam. That was a shock. Um, <laughs> so, but in that year I was there. Um, and by the way, I had been, I only been married six months. And then I spent a year in Vietnam. Um, uh, but the Lord, I can, I can look back and say, I learned some spiritual lessons there that are still useful to me today. Mm. So when our situation, the Lord uses our, uses these sovereign situations when mm. we're, pro, pro, when we're pro, prohibited from doing the things we think the Lord wants us to do. Um, these sovereign situations he arranges. Uh, and, and if we, and if we're, if we're, if we touch him, if we understand that he is, he is wanting to gain us, all these things work together for good for his purpose, which is to grow Christ in us. Amen. So, so day by day, the Lord wants to grow in us. He wants to gain us Amen. all the situations that come our way. Uh, whether we can, uh, they seem to allow us to get to the meetings or not. And I've been prohibited many times um, uh, from getting to meetings. Um, I was an international business consultant for a long time. The flu did a lot of flying um, and missed a lot of meetings. But at the same time, because of the, the, uh, the way my schedule allowed, I also got to a lot of meetings that I, that I couldn't have gotten to if I had a different type of arrangement. So it was, it was a trade-off. It was a trade-off. Um, but we, but the Lord is sovereign. Um, and I can look back at my life and say, also, the Lord shepherded me all the days of my life. Um, I never expected my first, my first wife to pass away. I just was not, that was a shock. You know, but I can say the Lord shepherded me. He's continuing okay. to shepherd me. So I, I just thank the Lord that he is able to um, shepherd us, grow in us, gain us, um, even in these situations that seem um, very difficult. But the concerning our time management, we just need a Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you to, to spread in my heart so that you would be my first love. Lord, be my first love more than these other things. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll, I'll stop there. Mark, you have anything on this one? Well, I, I would like to. I would like to to just to just say this that you know, as far as uh, and, and this is something we do struggle with. We need to cultivate this habit, and it takes it takes it takes it takes time. Yeah. And we shouldn't be discouraged as far as spending time with the Lord and. It works one day, doesn't work another. You know, the Lord is after our heart. Yeah. Mm. And um, he, 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 is, he is seeking to draw us. 
and with regard to the the other part of the this uh, question we we should do what we can do and uh, sometimes we won't be able even though we have uh, the desire to we won't be able to uh, have fellowship for whatever reason but the lord the lord is after our hearts so so we, we need to still give this time uh, to the Lord. And when that does open up, say it won't happen this time, but next time it opens up, where will you be then? You know, it's a question of our heart. And the Lord knows. I mean, he, he's really jealous of uh, how we spend our time and where we spend our time. He wants, he wants our heart. You know, if I, got, if I could also say something real quickly, because the brothers have been quite thorough, but when I, when I saw this question, uh, it begins with, sometimes when I wake up, I get distracted and waste time. And I thought, wow, this, this is my besetting sin. If there's one thing, and this is, I guess, in the way of a kind of confession, I have to admit that I still even now have trouble some sometimes in the morning, you know, where it's just like I'm I'm a kind of a news junkie. So when I get up in the morning, my inclination often is well just to check the news. But uh and, and sometimes this really bothers me because I, uh, you know, I fully agree and with the with the brothers' fellowship. And I I do know many times the brothers, even in the ministry, we we hear about taking time to absorb the Lord and spending time with the Lord in the morning. And we know this is crucial. And here I am, and this is me talking to myself. Here you are again. How long have you been around? And you're still you know, reading the news first thing at eight o'clock in the morning or whatever it is. And, uh, but you know, one thing, uh, Saints, this is yet another area where I'm so glad we have the blood of the lamb. Amen. He forgives us. He cleanses us. Amen. But you know, these days I have to say with everything going on, I'm actually getting some help in this area Amen. to realize, you know what? forget about the news, forget about other things, you know, now these are the days for us to really pursue him. So uh, I, I'm thankful, as Ken mentioned, the Lord brings us through sovereignly through various circumstances. I feel even the one we're in right now mm -hmm. is a circumstance for us to help to help us to cultivate this matter. But even with the failure saints, just again, our Lord, our God is so such a forgiving God. And he's just, he's the father in Luke 14. You've been out mucking around with the pigs. You know, you're the prodigal. You have left him. You, you're off running around doing other things. But you know, what is the father doing? He's at the entryway of the house, just praying for us to just come back and feast with him. Yeah. So don't let the enemy keep you away from the feast. Even with the failures, we can still enjoy him. So I'll just say that. Amen. Thank you, brothers. That was very helpful. Um, 
This next question, I, I'm going to direct uh, first to Brother Mark. Uh, so uh, the question reads, uh, I grew up in a family that uh, struggled a lot affording basic necessities. And I think that has resulted in me being anxious about money as a young adult. I recently had some emergencies and a car accident and also had expensive healthcare bills. I had to pay for things with a credit card and now I'm very anxious about my bills. They seem beyond what I can afford. It seems like I might need to file for bankruptcy. In the UK, that's administration. Uh, due to the extreme amount of bills. However, I feel a lot of condemnation about that. Have any saints ever had huge bills and needed to file for bankruptcy? Part of me feels guilt and condemnation about it. About it. Part of me feels like filing bankruptcy is not a Christian thing to do, and that as a Christian, I need to pay all my bills. But they also are beyond what I can afford. Can you provide fellowship related to finances, bankruptcy, and anxiety? Well, well, uh, we know uh, we know we need to go to uh, to Him and cast our all our anxiety, all our financial anxiety on him. Uh, with regard to this matter of um, debt, uh, especially credit card debt and uh, bankruptcy, let me say this. Uh, actually, I, I did. I did uh, file for bankruptcy myself. Uh, some events uh, out in my life that uh, were beyond my control and uh, I really had uh, no other alternative at the time uh, I and I felt I, 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 I don't know I we, we put that uh, off for a long time trying to just soldier through uh, using credit cards to pay the, the mortgage payment and uh, the credit card uh, balances were, were skyrocketing and it was a, it was, it was a crushing debt and uh, it, uh, it, it, it weighed on me and I would say it weighed, weighed heavily on both myself and my wife. And um, and I, I, we started to consider this matter about filing for bankruptcy, and uh, and uh, you know I had some fellowship. Of course, of course, all this, saints, you know, we 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 don't want this to be uh, just simply a, a how-to uh, or a, a mechanical uh, series of actions that one would take. All this is predicated on our going to the Lord. Amen. Okay, and based on the feeling uh, that 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 we got from the Lord, with specifically with regard to this matter, if this was something that that was beyond us, and we we struggled uh, to carry it ourselves, and finally, ultimately, uh, opening this up to the Lord, 
uh, for fellowship with others. We, we sought legal advice and, and I applied for bankruptcy. And this is, this is in the States now. Uh, so uh, in a sense, it's, it's, you know, the country where we were at the time, there was this provision there was a provision for a new, a new start in, uh, in this financial area. Mm. And I took advantage of what was provided by the government. Uh, and uh, I, I would offer that to anybody, but it's according to how, how you yourself should feel uh, before the Lord. Amen. Um, the debt, credit card debt, is it, credit cards are, can be a real trap. Uh, and uh, you need to be very cautious in the way in which uh, your, your debt is managed. It, it's best not to be in debt at all. But sometimes educational expenses, uh, like was cited in the question, a car accident. Uh, healthcare bills. Sometimes it's 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 simply unavoidable. Uh, uh, but with regard to um, the anxiety, the stress that comes with that, that needs to be offloaded to the Lord. You can't. It's 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 not for you to bear that by yourself. That's we we need to give that to the Lord. I wish I knew Mark back in the day when we were going through virtually an identical set of problems, at least for no other reason. I could have commiserated with Mark over a cup of coffee and taken comfort in the fact that another brother was going through the same thing we were. And i tell you, uh, you know, this whole subject, we could spend a lot of time. We, we don't want to take up all the time with it. But I, I really uh, second what Mark just shared. And just by way of identifying with the author of this question and then anyone else who's struggling with this kind of problem, uh, the matter of debt is, is a very difficult and the matter of finances, full of anxiety, full of stress. Well, Mark's word to firstly, to really exercise, to open this matter up to the Lord and cast your anxieties on him because it matters to him concerning us. You know, that this is really the heart of the matter. But, you know, I, I, I couldn't tell you how much debt we were in because it would be too embarrassing to give you a number. <laughs> but uh, we also had a set of circumstances, a serious car accident, the loss of a job, uh, you know, and a number of things to the point where for a period of time, the credit cards were kind of bringing us through. But then you find out the hard way that once you get into the hole of debt, and more specifically credit card debt, it's 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 a killer. It's uh, and, and I'll just illustrate with a quick story. One time, I you know the the, the bank mailed out the uh, statement to us. It had the amount due. They had the minimum balance. And if you're if you're familiar with credit card bills, you know 
that it provides you a minimum amount that you can pay to make them happy. And at that time, that was about all we could afford was just to pay, you know, basically the minimum amount or just a little bit more. And uh, this way we kept them off our backs. But the problem was I paid the minimum amount and then the next month the bill came in. And guess what? The balance increased. I said, what is this? I paid, I paid the amount that they put on the bill. This ought to make them happy. Instead, my debt is increasing after making a payment like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't like five or $10. It was not a trivial amount. And I thought, we're just in this hole and there's no way to get out of it. And uh, anyway, you know, you, one basic piece of advice is do your very best not to go into debt. Yeah. There is a very strong tendency in society to just go ahead and buy things, not according to what you need, but according to what you want. And as a result, the use, credit card usage has gone up to the up to the stratosphere. You know, when we were kids, us old timers here, we didn't have credit cards. You paid cash for everything. Now the credit cards are widespread, and the usage has gone through the roof. And there's many people suffering this kind of problem now. Sometimes, as the author of the question said, you know, there are circumstances that come into play where you, you somewhat need to rely on the credit card. But this is a general word to everyone. Do your best to stay out of debt by all means. You may say, well, I'll keep it under control. Well, that's a slippery slope. So, uh, but to the, to the, again, the author of the question, they, they do ask the question, has, has anyone had huge bills and needed to file bankruptcy? We didn't quite get to the point of filing the bankruptcy, but you know, uh, we, we, we seriously thought about it. And I, I realized that we were, we were that close to having to do it as well. And uh, at, like Mark said, we realized, okay, in our circumstances, this may be an option that we need to select. Not to be condemned, but at the same time to follow the Lord in this matter. And, and really from the beginning to learn to give our finances to the Lord. Our, our spending, what we spend our money on, uh, it all requires a certain kind of discipline, but uh, we really need to let the Lord come into this area of our lives. And mm -hmm. he can help us very much in this matter. I guess one final thing for any of the saints in, in, the, in the audience that are struggling with this matter, I think I would encourage you to pray first and then also maybe to seek fellowship. As I said, I wish Mark, yeah. I wish Mark was there back when we were dealing with this because... Uh, you know, it just would have been a great help to us. I think it was, it was difficult, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, a difficult situation for my wife and I, and just like Mark described, but to this, to the younger saints, this also is an area where you can maybe get a lot of help through the fellowship. Yeah. Well, thank you brothers. And, um, <clears throat> I just have a really quick follow-up and maybe you could just comment quickly on this. 
Um, and that is, uh, you know, as believers, we uh, have the privilege of being able to offer financially uh, to the Lord uh, for, you know, for things related to the church or for the Lord's move. Uh, but, you know, and, and we may even have some personal dealing with the Lord about, you know, how much we would decide to give and all these things. But uh, can you provide any fellowship on giving to the Lord uh, while one is under financial strain? Hmm. And I'll direct this to any of you or all of you. Second Corinthians um, talks about how Lord loves us to give cheerfully. So I'll, I'll just point out that basically if we're in a situation like this, Lord, what, how much would you lay on my heart to give? Um, hmm. um, you know, there's, there's some guidelines in the scripture about amounts, but in a situation like this, Lord, what, what do you want? Yeah. Lord, what, what do you, what do you, what are you saying? Lord, and then, as the brothers said, in everything we, we need to look to the Lord in all these matters, uh, concerning how we're taking care of our finances. And it's, this is one of the biggest areas the Lord uses to gain our heart. Um, uh, because oftentimes we look at this, the, the finances as they're ours, but they're not ours. They're, they're all, the, it's all the Lord's. Uh, they all belong to the Lord. So concerning this situation, uh, if you're in, if you're in a particular fi type of situation, Lord, Lord, can, and just to be faithful, Lord, I feel I should give you something. Mm -hmm. So what, what do, do I have the grace to give? And just yeah. take it from the Lord. Lord, you know, if, it, if, if you're given 1%, hallelujah, half a percent, whatever the Lord says, um, uh, just, Lord, I want to be faithful to trust you and that if I give something, Lord, you will return it. And the scripture also is very, very clear about that as well. But it all comes down to our relationship to the Lord and, and him gaining us in this situation. Amen. You know, it's not like uh, Jesus needs money. <laughs> but the Lord needs our heart. That's and right. What is our heart stuck on so much of the time? Uh, so even, even when we're going through um, financial distress, this is something with regard to our giving, just like Nathaniel said at the beginning uh, of the question, it's a privilege to give. Maybe, maybe it's a reduced amount when we're going through this, this time. But this is something that, that needs to be seen as an offering to the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Uh, and, and, he, and he gains. He gains our heart. This is what he's after. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, brothers. Amen. Well, now that we can move on from money, Kind of, but not really. We have another question that um, might not be um, a 
a college, well, this is more of a college graduate, actually, a university graduate. So this question is for someone who is a, a recent grad. Hopefully they're not in credit card debt. They might be in, in debt, but, um, and you've been very stressed about finding a job. It is very hard to get hired. It's stressful and scary. And having filled out so many applications for months without getting hired, do you have any comforting fellowship, Brother Ken? <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, well, again, it comes down to the Lord has us in a situation that he wants to gain our heart. He wants us to touch him. He wants us to know him. Mm. Now, <clears throat> I've personally been in situations where I was out of a job for a number of months with wife and two children. Um, and um, and it's, it's, you, you, look, you look to the Lord. Uh, and sometimes you can't always get the job you want. I carried mail. I was a mailman, mail carrier uh, for a while, um, taking... Um, mail to people's to, to homes. Um, it just was, I needed a job and uh, I had a situation and that's what, what, what um, provide, that's what the Lord, that's what the Lord provided at that time. Um, another time, um, this was right after I got out of the army. Um, so it's, I guess it's similar to being out of the university. Uh, and I worked as a clerk in a hardware store. Um, for a couple of years. Um, so it definitely was not um, what, uh, what I was trained to do, but sometimes you, you, you grab what the Lord provides um, and uh, trust him and eventually um, uh, the Lord worked out other situations and eventually, like I mentioned, I was a, eventually became a business consultant. But, um, but that you know again, it's, it's as the Lord as the Lord, as the Lord leads. So uh, He may say, just take this simple job, uh, which is um, delivering the mail or uh, in a hardware store, or I'll just use the term jokingly we say flipping burgers <laughs> somewhere. But sometimes the Lord does have us does have us do that temporarily, um, because we need we need to make ends meet. Um, but it's Lord, I want to gain you. Whatever I'm doing, Lord, I want to gain you in this. Um, but again, some of the verses we've been using, um, you know, in, in first Peter, you know, it, it matters to him concerning us, whatever a situation is, it matters to the Lord. Um, he knows, uh, he knows our situation. So it matters to him that we would have, uh, a, be able to put bread on the table. And in, in, in the Lord's Prayer, the, what we commonly say is the Lord's Prayer, in which the Lord says, pray in this way. He didn't say actually pray these prayers, but pray in this way. But it says, Lord, I, you know, give, me my, give me my daily bread. So we can pray, Lord, I need, I need that daily bread. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's according to God's economy. For us to be productive in the Lord's economy, we need to have a proper job, a useful job, and also um, it, it helps take the anxiety off. But like Mark said earlier, we we need to find the Lord and 
the, and remove the anxiety. Um, and the, 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 uh, so that we wouldn't be overcome with anxiety in the situation, but realize you know, we've, we've all been in your situation, uh, whether you're a brother or sister, but we've all been in your situation where you know, we didn't have a job, uh, we needed a job, um, we've been in debt, um, I mean, we, we've, we've, been all in, we've been in all of them, but we can honestly say the Lord has shepherded us through them. Um, it doesn't mean there's not um, challenging circumstances. It doesn't mean it's not painful, um, but the Lord shepherds us through him, and above all, we gain him. Above all, we get to know him. Uh, that's the key. Just say, Lord, I want to know you in this situation. Say, Lord, according to your word, I know you have a job for me. Lord, according to your word, I know there's something that you have for me to do mm -hmm. um, that, will, that will take care of this present need. And eventually, uh, Lord, there will be a, 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 a function, a position that is according to my training. Or maybe, maybe the Lord's going to lead you in a different direction. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's hard to say, but, um, but the Lord has a journey for us. The Lord has a plan for us inside his economy, inside his recovery. And we just, you know, Lord, I need to trust you. Lord, I want to learn to trust you in this time. Lord, I don't want to pass through this time and miss you. Now, you don't want to look back and say, oh, I didn't gain the Lord. I got out of the situation. I endured the situation, but I missed the Lord. That, that would be sad. All the, you know, people, there's suffering all throughout the world. There's all kinds of suffering. So there's really no suffering that those of us in the Lord's recovery, the church life, there's really nothing we don't go through that others don't go through. But usually, many times they're going through much worse because they're breaking all kinds of natural laws. But the Lord puts us through these situations that we would gain him. We would learn that the scripture that we pray over will be worked into our being. We'd be constituted with the scripture, constituted with the reality of the truth, which is Christ himself. And then of uh, the Lord, we would be able to minister this same Christ, the same experience to others. But just, again, take, take comfort that it matters to the Lord concerning you. And in Matthew, he said, he knows, he knows you have need of all these things. He knows what we need. Lord yeah. knows we need, I need a job. But, but tell the Lord, Lord, I, I, Lord I, need this, I need a job. Lord, Lord, grant me the proper job according to your plan, according to your purpose. Mm -hmm. And Lord, forgive me for being anxious. Uh, Lord, I, I look, I wanna, Lord, I want to learn to trust you. Lord, I want to learn to not be anxious in this time. Lord, I want to learn to realize that you're in control. You're the sovereign God. You're in control. You have a job out there, and it matters to you concerning my situation. And very specifically, we need to realize, very specifically, it matters to him concerning you. You, who, who, you know, to the writer of this, this question, it matters to the Lord concerning your situation. Realize that. He's, he's not, it's not a, you know, he, he, he takes care of each one of us individually, but he could gain, gain our heart, spread himself in our being so that his life would be manifested through us and we would, we would express him to those around us and 
to our families, to our friends, to our colleagues. Um, but it matters to the Lord concerning you. And yes, he has, he has a function. We've all, we've all been where you are. We've all been looking for jobs. We've all lost jobs, needed jobs, uh, had periods of time without jobs. Um, but the Lord, the Lord comes in. The Lord meets our need and with himself first, then he meets the practical need. Amen. Amen. Uh, uh, Brother Ray or Brother Mark, do y'all have um, anything to add to that before we go on? Ray, do you have anything? Sorry, Mark? Uh, well, I, I could. I've got some war stories I could tell you, but it, it's probably, <laughs> we don't want to take too much time. I, uh, but I, I definitely say amen to Ken's fellowship. Yeah, I would just say that uh, something I heard recently from a brother it made a lot of sense. He said, you know, looking for a job is a full-time job. Yeah. And that it's not a matter of just blasting out your, 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 your CV or your resume and then, okay, I'm, I'm done. I don't have anything else to do for the, the next week. Uh, of course, now in, in, in these circumstances, it's hard to uh, get to talk to people face to face, but that's always, that's always very good too. I mean, on the, on the practical side, you know, uh, to, to try and talk to people beyond um, HR, you know. But it's a matter of, it's a matter of making contact and that's, that's, it's, uh, that's difficult in these times. Amen. Uh, thank you, brothers. Uh, so um, with the next question, um, let's see. Uh, so I'll, I'm gonna direct this actually to brother Mark. And the next question is, uh, I'm naturally very shy and it's hard for me to reach out to people, including the brothers and sisters, but I want to get built up and connected. How can I reach out to them as a shy person? And this is a related question. I'm an introvert. How do introverts last in the church life? It's hard for me to be social and to spend much time being social. Uh, wow, this is, uh, this has got my name written all over it. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, we have to thank the Lord that when we received, when we received him, we received another life. And uh, we received the life of God, we've got a new life in us. And, uh, but yet, you know, naturally speaking, we, we are what we are. And uh, I would say one big encouragement to me, and I hope this would also encourage the, the author of the question, uh, was with regard to my shyness, I just started to do what the church was doing. You know, I just started to participate in, uh, you know, going to the meetings or, 
there might have been a time uh, where we'd uh, be doing some practical service uh, where we would meet and I would just show up uh, and participate with the other, uh, the other saints, the other believers uh, at the time. And I would say over a period of time, I was able to work out, come out a little from my shyness. Uh, and it's, it's, it takes time. It's not, it's not an overnight thing, of course. But what really helped me was participating in what the church was doing. Hmm. Amen. Maybe to jump in too on this on these questions, uh, you know, you're shy, you're an inter introvert. Don't think uh, don't think you're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, the question says, uh, "How do I last in the church life?" Well, you know, the church life is full of shy and introverted people, uh, but it's okay. It it really it really doesn't matter. You know, um, the kind of personality we have. Uh, maybe I'll just relate a quick uh, story. Uh, you know, when I first came to the church life as a young man in my mid-20s, um, I was actually quite shy. And, and uh, when I first started to uh, come around and be in some meetings, uh, you know, there was this one brother who came over and invited me to join him uh, for some coffee after one of the meetings. And we went to a diner in New York and we sat down and, you know, a little small talk. And then he said, so brother, he said, what's on your heart? And I, I kind of did a double take, you know, like what's on your heart? I mean, what, what, what does that mean? You know, I don't know what what's on my heart. Let me think about that for a minute. And uh, you know, the whole the whole thing kind of. What kind of question is this? You know, mm -hmm. and I really didn't know how to respond to it. What's on my heart? Well, and I asked him, "Well, what do you mean?" I you know, I I don't know what's on my heart. Uh, but it was a way for him to just try to encourage me. You know, to kind of be open just to be open and honest with where I was at. And gradually, you know, we kind of had a conversation. I think he asked me a, a follow-up question or two, you know. He wasn't trying to pry or be nosy. He just wanted to uh, establish some kind of fellowship with me. And uh, in, in a real way, he became a kind of spiritual companion for me in the church life. And uh, I would say... Uh, one big thing is, yeah, to for us to kind of naturally open to one another in this kind of way, it, it's not that it doesn't come that easy. Uh, and it doesn't mean we have to do it with everybody. But I think one thing that helps is really to see how do we establish spiritual companions. And it only takes one you know, you may look at, uh, at the church, maybe it has 50 saints, maybe there's 100 saints, whatever the case may be, maybe there's 20. But, uh, and you look at the whole picture, and it might be a little bit overwhelming, you don't know where you fit in. But it might be that you just start small. Just, just go small. You don't have to get connected to everybody all at once. It's really a matter of even asking the Lord, Lord, give me a spiritual companion. 
give me someone that I can really fellowship with, uh, you know, and then you, you just look to the Lord for how he might open up this kind of arrangement. It might be someone you meet at a conference. It could be somebody that's at your, at your attending the same school. Uh, could be a neighbor, uh, saints that live nearby. You know, there's a lot of different things where even in the physical arrangement or environment, you may realize, okay, this is, this is something, this, this brother or this sister is someone who the Lord has arranged for me to be with, to be in the way of a kind of spiritual companionship. And that's how you can begin at least to connect with one. Amen. I would just say that much. Amen. You know, um, <clears throat> like Mark, um, when I read these two questions, boy, I, this is kind of very much like me. Um, I am naturally shy and I am naturally an in introvert. Um, I'm an engineer by trade. I like things, <laughs> not, not people. <laughs> I'd be very happy if you just put me in a, a lab and let me tinker around with stuff and things and, and statistics. I love math. Uh, and none of these are people oriented things, but you know, there's someone in us that loves people yeah. and, yeah. Um, and yeah. we just need to let him out. Um, he eventually can work out, work us out of our shyness. Um, as we get to, to know him, to love him, realize he loves man. He loves mankind. He has a heart for mankind. So why do the fact that we might be, uh, be shy and introverted, um, like to be, um, by ourselves, uh, we have someone in us who is not that way. Um, not, not, he's not going to make it, he's not going to make it an, extra, an extrovert. Uh, I, I still prefer personally to be quiet and listen rather than talking. That's just my personality. <laughs> so it's still there. But, you know, we need to learn to set aside our personality. Mm. Um, we need to realize, you know, not, Lord, you know, Galatians 2.20, you know, not I, but Christ. Christ lives in me. Mm -hmm. So we need to let this one live out of us. So in spite of our personality, uh, in spite of our shyness, in spite of the fact that we don't, particularly like being around people. I'm, I'm very happy uh, doing things by myself. Um, uh, and uh, so, but yet the Lord's life is a community life. And yeah. even so, even though our basic personality may be introverted and shy, the Lord's, the Lord's still, there's an element in our being that wants, a, wants community also. None yeah. of us is a total introvert. Nobody is a total, um, uh, wants to totally live on, a, on, a, on, a, on an island by themselves, even though sometimes I think I might. <laughs> <laughs> no, no one really, really has that, that heart's desire. So we just need to let the Lord wake up in us, the part in us that he's put there, that wants community yeah. um, and let his life come out, let his life flow out. Cause he, he loved, he loves man. He loves mankind. And uh, mm -hmm. eventually we're going to get on to some gospel questions, but um, I don't like going out on the gospel, but when I go out with some other people, it's different. When mm -hmm. I go out with some others, if we want to have a gospel time and go out knocking on doors or, 
uh, sharing gospel on the campus. It's totally different when I'm with somebody. So like the brother said, we need, we need to pray, Lord, I need, to, need somebody I can open up to, somebody that would help me get out of my, my, my natural self um, and touch the Lord. Yeah. Touch him, let this one in me out. He's mm -hmm. in me and he wants to get out. He wants to, he wants yeah. to, he wants to, he wants to shepherd others. Uh, we may not be a natural shepherd. Um, we may like, we may like to fix cars rather than <laughs> shepherd people, but um, he is one that likes to shepherd people. So we just need to let, we just need to get in touch with him and let him out. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. So we, we do have some upcoming uh, questions about the gospel and speaking to our friends and stuff, but we actually have one more question before we get there. And this, this has to do with um, being in physical pain. Mm -hmm. So um, I've, I've had a few surgeries that didn't go as planned. I have a lot of chronic pain. How do we enjoy the Lord when we are physically in this much pain? And I would, uh, you know, this might not be everyone's experience. Um, uh, maybe another asterisk or like a, a, a part B to this question is also how do you how do you enjoy the Lord when you are in a lot of uh, emotional pain in your soul? Maybe there maybe there's been a loved one that died. Maybe uh, someone broke up with you. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe so how do you how do you get to the Lord when you are in physical or emotional pain? And uh, we're going to start this one with, with Brother Ray. Wow. Well, uh, the, the first thing I, I think we would say to the writer of the question is that we, we empathize and we, we stand with you as you go through this uh, experience. Uh, the other thing I would say, uh, I, I can't claim to have any kind of expertise on how to respond to this question because it really hasn't been my direct experience to, to go through such a thing. Um, I can tell you about my wife who has been living with chronic pain for, I don't even want to say how long, uh, it's been in a very extended period of time. Uh, where she uh, experienced some chronic illness that really limits her uh, and even causes pain. And uh, what I've seen in her is that um, she has uh, been faithful just to go on with the Lord. Uh, she's not some kind of super overachieving kind of person because she's limited by her physical situation. And that's one thing to realize, you know, if you're in a situation involving this kind of physical pain with surgeries and so forth, uh, you have a very practical limitation in front of you. Uh, and it's really okay that you, you deal with that according to really where you are and according to the capacity that you have. Uh, we're not here to live our life according to others' expectations. And we're not here to live our life to please men. We're here to live a life that's pleasing to him. Mm -hmm. And 
one thing that helps is to realize that under the Lord's sovereign arrangement, this kind of physical limitation has been measured to us. Uh, not that he is the source of the problem. Again, the enemy is the source of all the sickness and death that we see on the earth. But still, the Lord could use it to gain something in our being. Uh, actually, I, you know, I, I can't speak to this question of chronic pain, but I, I've experienced uh, certainly some health issues. And, you know, uh, like some of the brothers, if I catch a cold or a flu or something, I can be cranky and annoying. And, you know, my wife has to take care of me. He, she's the one with the chronic pain and I'm the one that needs the care, you know. But on the other hand, uh, I, I've realized that even through those uh, situations and even even more serious situations in 2007, I had to go through surgery for cancer. Uh, thank the Lord, the surgery was sufficient. Uh, but, you know, you get diagnosed with that word uh, beginning with a C, and it's a, kind of a scary time. And you realize how much you really need the Lord to bring you through. And uh, even in recent days, I've experienced some things where I just realize I really need the Lord. Uh and so I would encourage the author uh, and all of us in this way that when going through these things, we don't go through these things by ourselves. We have the Lord as the life-giving spirit living within us. And his delight is to shepherd us through all kinds of situations. And, you know, that during that period of time when uh, I had the cancer surgery, the Lord also brought me through another, a number of other situations all at the same time. And I just, you know, something caused me to go look into the life study of the book of Job. And, you know, I, I, I didn't for a minute think I was experiencing things to Job's extent. That was a suffering man. You know, there was a lot of things hitting him. But it just at that period of time, there was a lot I was going through and experiencing it at the, in just in that particular year. It was one thing after another. And I just thought, well, what, do, what can we learn from Job? You know? and, and lo and behold, what we find out is that the book of Job is a book in which there are really two words that define the book. One is Christ. The other is stripping. That's what we see in the book of Job. Christ and stripping. All because God is interested in bringing us fully into his economy, which is to dispense himself into us. So in the midst of whatever situation it may be, the physical suffering, the emotional suffering, eventually to realize God's interest in this situation is to shepherd you through so that he can add himself to you in the midst of that situation. Mm. With emotional suffering, that's, that's a different, the nature of that kind of suffering is obviously different. It may have different causation. Uh, we don't know the whole story, but, uh, and, there's, and there's different kinds of uh, uh, you might say different kinds of remedies that may be needed to help 
a brother or sister get through that kind of suffering. But ultimately, that suffering, just like the physical suffering, is one in which the Lord really just, he just wants to give us more Christ. He wants to add Christ into our being. And that's really why the situation is there. Of course, in the meantime, you know, we're, we're human beings on the earth. We have to somehow get through these things. Uh, it's quite okay for us to open up in fellowship with one another, to share our need with others, <clears throat> to be comforted by others. Uh, it, it's altogether right that we would be able to do this. But, uh, you know, there's no real formula. There's no real, uh, uh, you know, solution other than Christ himself. And, uh, so I, maybe I would just say that much. I don't know if the brothers may want to add to it, but uh, what I've seen in my wife with her chronic physical condition, you know, has really been a testimony to me. Uh, and and uh, I hope this is somewhat encouraging to you as well, that it's still possible to enjoy the Lord with within the limitation and not to feel condemned, not to feel that you're a failure, not to feel that mm. somehow you're supposed to do things you're incapable of doing. No, no. Still in that limited situation, Christ can, can uh, shepherd you, can minister to you uh, to help provide you with the grace that you need to cope with the situation. Yeah, I I would just I just want to say that it, it we can't uh, compare ourselves or or try and measure ourselves against uh, others based on thinking that uh, we can't gain the Lord or the Lord can't be found in my circumstance because I'm not able to do what I think I need to be doing. We should be content with where we are, knowing that the Lord has measured this out to us. And, you know, I was just looking at in Luke 10, you know, the, we're all going, in a sense, we're all going to Jericho, right? We're all going down to Jericho. But the Lord is there. And, and, and uh, the Lord is uh, coming up alongside of us. And he's binding up our wounds. Uh, and putting in the wine and the oil. Uh, we shouldn't think that uh, we, we need to get out of that pit of uh, uh, comparing ourselves uh, to others, uh, whether that's put on us by others or whether we're doing that to ourselves. Mm. The Lord is with us and the Lord can meet us even in this very limited circumstance. Amen. Amen. You know, as the brothers have been saying, um, the Lord, the main thing is whatever our situation, the Lord wants to gain us. And we may, we may be limited. Um, there's a hymn um, that, you know, from Watchman Nee that, you know, laid aside, you know, that, that he wasn't, I, I, it talks about being laid aside as planned. The time the Lord may just, for whatever reason, lay us aside. Um, Brother Lee, what, for a year or two, was in bed with um, 
uh, uh, with tuberculosis. Uh, and he was, he couldn't do anything. So sometimes the chronic pain, sometimes the situation will um, limit us from doing the things we would want to do or think we should do. Uh, but the key thing is we've been just, I think we've all been hitting this all night long, is that the Lord wants to make his home in our heart. And all of these situations, and that's been, I think that's been all our experiences through our many years in the church life, in the Lord's recovery or as, as believers, that the Lord is operating that we would gain him and he would gain us. Uh, that there'd be more and more of him manifested in us, spreading in our heart. Um, and he's hurting emotional pain. I guess, you know, I, um, as I've mentioned before, I did lose a loved one. I, my, I lost my spouse. Um, we were married 37 years. And then uh, in two months, um, we knew she found out she had cancer. And in two months, she was with the Lord. Uh, it was a very, very kind of a very quick um, situation. Um, and that was obviously painful. Um, and, um, you know, the, the morning, the morning after, um, I'm walking down the stairs and all I could say was, there is a spirit in man. That first was real. I felt, you know, my emotions were such, you know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't feel anything. You know, my emotions were so, so messed up. But I declared that verse, there is a spirit in man, even though I couldn't feel my spirit. I declared the verse, there's a spirit in man. And uh, it's kind of hard to describe how you feel in a situation like that. At times I've said, maybe I felt like I was put through a wood chipper. If you ever figure what, how would you feel if you're put through a wood chipper? That's one of the thoughts I had is how to, how to describe how it feels, uh, how you emotionally feel. But there's a spirit in man, um, the Lord, um, the Lord in his sovereignty shepherds us through this with, with the saints. We, we can't, you know, you, you can't, you can't get away from the saints. Um, uh, we can never, we always have to realize that we're in the church life. The Lord is gaining us. He is growing in us and all the situations he brings our way um, are for one purpose, to spread himself into us for his purpose, for the, for the, for the church, for the purpose of the church. Um, the verse we always refer to, Romans 8.28. And we know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. And in verse 29, because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So that's the reason for all these situations, the reason for the for the physical or emotional pain, the reason for we're out of jobs, the reasons we um, can't get to meetings when we think we should be able to, should get to meetings. So the reason we're wrapped right now, locked down in coronavirus, uh, mm -hmm. is that he could make his home in us, in our heart, spread in us, that he would get what he wants. And because of our other nature, because of who we are, our, our situation, um, it takes circumstances. Um, precious stones are made through heat, pressure, and time. There's no other way to make a, make a precious stone but heat, pressure, and time. And the Lord 
has different ways for all of us for the heat, the pressure, and the time. And um, we don't like the extra heat and pressure, but you know there is a time element, and we wanted to we wanted to finish before it's time for us to leave this earth, um, whether we're raptured or whether it's time for us to pass on. Mm. Uh, we want we want we want him to gain the precious stones in us. So at times he puts he press puts in the heat and the pressure, um, the circumstances that we don't understand, um, and but. Uh, he works, he's, he uses these things for his purpose. That's the key for his purpose. But because for his purpose, it's also for him to grow in us. And so he's, so he's spreading himself in us through these situations. Um, so the, the, it all comes down to what we need. To, the Lord wants us to gain him. He wants us to know him, acknowledge him, praise him, thank him touch him in our spirit, set aside the self. Um, all these are things that we fellowship about, but they don't become real to us till we're in the situation. We're in a situation that seems unreasonable. Then we have an opportunity. That's when we can gain the Lord. Um, and we may not understand the situation. We say, Lord, this is not fair. And it may not be fair, but it is what it is. Yeah. So uh, we just have to say, Lord, I want to gain you in this unfair situation. Um, and, uh, but he, he is there to do it for his purpose. But at the same time, it brings us more of Christ. It brings us more into the enjoyment of him in the all-inclusive land. Amen. All-inclusive Christ. And we get to know him in ways we didn't know before. So, um, the, uh, so it, it's all, it's, it's all come down many different ways it comes down to the same thing we need to we need to touch him let him grow into our inner man mm. amen. amen thank you brothers amen. um <laughs> we're gonna make a turn now and uh i just have to say i think uh what what hap what has happened up to this point i feel is um sort of described in in colossians uh chapter two paul he had never seen the believers in Colossae face to face but he wrote and he was praying for them that their hearts would be comforted hmm. knit together in love unto all the riches of the full assurance of understanding unto the full knowledge of the mystery of God, Christ. And um, anyway, we can't, most of us cannot see the brothers and the brothers can't see most of us face to face. But uh, in the same way, I think it's necessary that we are able to open up and then we receive the comforting from the Lord uh, through the brothers. And when that happens, there's something in us uh, that responds. Mm. And uh, this is how God's economy works. He flows in and then he wants to flow out. And um, so that we're, we're making a turn now to talking about flowing out. So uh, we're going to read three questions 
we actually received a lot of questions, but we received three questions that we, we selected these three and uh, we'll read them and then um, and then trouble and then the brothers will have more to say. So uh, the first question is, how do we spread the gospel to someone we care about, but who is not open? I've got the next question. The next question, I mean, anyway, we're going to read all three of them and then the brothers are going to, uh, uh, they're going to answer all of them. So this next one is, how can my gospel preaching be effective? I preach the gospel to several friends, but they haven't gotten saved because I don't know how to shepherd them properly. How can I learn to shepherd new people? And then uh, the third one is, how can I explain to my friend who's an unbeliever that we need to not only be good, nice and everything, but we also need to seek, but we also need to seek the Lord. Hmm. Okay, so um, I guess before we, before we throw this off, uh, we, we pitch it, this is going to be a triple option play. So we're gonna we're gonna pitch this, um, and I think all three of all, all three of you brothers can can uh, answer. Um, one one observation that I personally have made, and maybe maybe you all can elaborate on this even more, is as far as being effective. Um, one one thing that I've noticed is that if I if I built up a, a relationship with someone and we're very close um whether it's a family or a friend that i'm very burdened for a lot of times they're not open to me that doesn't mean they're not open to the lord and so i kind of need somebody else to come in like a companion to come in and speak to that person because of my few, my my past with that person you know, so maybe that's that's one aspect. And then another aspect of, of something that I've that I've kind of uh, noticed and experienced is a lot of times we can be like really awkward. You know, we 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 come up to someone and I think there's a difference between somebody on the street that I don't know. And then there's a very big difference with someone that I do know, like I was just talking about from my past. So the approach might be very different. So those, those are two, those are, those, I think those are two different things. Um, but even, even going up and I feel like myself and I also just observing others is that we, we just kind of lose our humanity a little bit and we're not very approachable. We kind of just try to get them to call on the Lord and believe in their heart, you know, and, and um, that might be one of the reasons that uh, these questions are being asked. Mm -hmm. So uh, if however you brothers want to proceed, I, I know that, that I've been in a lot of fellowships recently with Brother Ken, and he is very burdened for the gospel. So let's start, let's, why don't we start with Brother Ken? And he's <laughs> my kindred spirit. So. Let's I thought go. you were going to start. I thought you were going to start with Ray. <laughs> well, I know, I, I know. It's like both of you, both. Of, if I had two, if I had two balls to pitch to both of you, I would. We could start with Ray. Let's start with Ray. How about that? <laughs> nice job, Ken. 
running that you just over. Had triple, I pitched it to you. Triple yeah, option. Yeah. You just, I just pitched the ball. <laughs> Amen. Well, yeah, there's, uh, there's really a lot to say. Uh, of course, the three of us will, will try to address it from different angles. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm just glad we're, we're having some opportunity to fellowship regarding this matter. You know, Philippians, Paul uses the expression, uh, a fellowship unto the gospel. And uh, I, I, I know, and, and I, I, I completely understand some of what Trevor was saying there about this matter of our humanity, because I think that in many ways we we don't really understand what is the gospel. And we're not quite sure how it is we go about, quote unquote, preaching the gospel. And uh, maybe this is where a fellowship unto the gospel is really beneficial so that we can consider firstly, what is it? And secondly, how do we communicate with our fellow man concerning the gospel. The first thing I think we realize is the gospel is good news, right? That's the meaning of the word, good news. And if there's one thing that people need today, it's good news. I mean, it, you almost want to shout it from the rooftop. There is good news available to every human being. And it's in the form of the gospel. And more specifically, the gospel is a wonderful person. Yeah. The gospel is seen in the person, the humanity of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He himself is the gospel. And what, we're tr what we try to communicate through the preaching of the gospel is a matter of communicating him, of letting others know he is real. He is living. He can be known by us. And so, my, this is the greatest news the planet has ever seen. And here we are as children of God, and it's our great privilege to be able to bring this kind of news to other people. So, to me, I mean, one basic thing is to realize, ah, this, the gospel is the best news anybody could ever get. And it's also our privilege, and not, not only our privilege, but even saints, it's really our duty. You know, the Christian life carries with it a certain kind of duty. And that is that, as it says in the, at the end of Matthew, that we would go, therefore, and disciple the nations. But I think, you know, what happens, I think, sometimes when we begin to talk about the gospel is that we sort of shrivel up and we think, uh-oh, here come those outgoing, loud brothers who like to go out and preach the gospel and talk to people, and they're going to talk to me, the introvert, and tell me to go out and preach the gospel. Yeah. No. First of all, that's just a concept that we have. Uh, the other thing is we may think that the gospel just entails a certain kind of activity. We may think to go out, have a table, give out Bibles, that's the gospel. Well, it is the gospel, but that's not all it is. And so the gospel is a wide open kind of playing field in which 
we get to be those who share good news with people. And uh, surely I think we all realize people are in great need of hearing some good news. Mm -hmm. But this can be conveyed to others in many different ways. And firstly, I would say it begins with our being their friend. Ken pointed out earlier, uh, the Lord Jesus is a friend of sinners. When you look at the way he interacted with sinners in the house of Bethany, he was just there as a friend of sinners, all kinds of sinners. And he was just there and they just loved to be in his presence because there was something different about him. He did not come in a judgmental way or a critical way, the way the religionists did. He was just there loving them, yeah. caring for them. And so uh, he's our pattern. The Lord Jesus is the pattern. If you want to know what the gospel is, you look at him. How did he treat people? How did he interact with people? So it's not a narrow, limited, confining sort of activity that only outward people, outward, you know, outgoing people can do. It's, it's an activity for all of us because we have his life. And this life does want to get out. This life does want to flow out to others. And of course, the more we enjoy him, the more we're in contact with him, that life will be magnified and expressed. You know, I think the questions uh, speak to the idea of some difficulties or frustration in interacting with others in the way of the gospel. Well, I would say, number one, the first thing is we should realize and really deal with the Lord about this and pray, Lord, I want to be faithful to you in the matter of the gospel. Lord, cause me to be fruitful. Mm -hmm. You know, in the gospel of John, the Lord is the vine and we are the branches. And the branches are expected to bear fruit. And so as a Christian, as believers in Christ, the Lord really seeks for us to bear fruit, to be fruitful. And I tell you, it's not at all a bad prayer to just say, Lord, give me one fruit this year. Amen. Enable me to bear fruit. Mm -hmm. And you bring this to the Lord. And then you begin to bring people to the Lord. You know, a couple of the questions said, talked about friends, preaching the gospel of several friends, but they haven't gotten saved, uh, and so forth. We all have friends and classmates and companions and relatives who are in need of salvation. How much do we really pray for them? How much do we join with a companion to pray for them? And these days, brothers and sisters, I just feel it's a desperate situation. How much, how much prayer is being raised up Amen. for people around us in this way? We're not talking about some kind of gospel campaign, but we're talking about a gospel life. Yeah. The Lord Jesus lived this kind of life. When he was on the earth, he didn't spend his time at home studying. He was out meeting people. Of course, we have to study. I'm not picking on the students here. But 
Beyond that, he lived a life of ministering to others in the way of the gospel, bringing the good news of salvation to them. The world needs this good news of salvation. And I know the brothers want to say, so I'll end here. I just want to relate something in the the way of a testimony uh, or testimonies, and I'll keep it short, related to experiences in the gospel, because I would have to say probably some of my most joyous and highest experiences as a believer has been in this way of the gospel. Not that I'm some kind of super gospel preacher. No, not at all. We need one another in the way of the gospel. I'm not inclined to go out and stand on a corner and have people make fun of me and, you know, uh, or, or neither am I inclined to talk to people in my class and have them reject me. No, that doesn't come naturally, I think, to any of us. But, of course, uh, we do, we, we've had some experiences, and, and really, uh, the Lord has really met us many times in this area of the gospel in which you have an experience that that just can be a joyous one. When I first became a believer, I was a brand new believer, and I went with some Christians to Times Square in New York City. And this was before Times Square was cleaned up. It was a very dark place. And we went there to preach the gospel intentionally because it was such a dark place. And I met a Spanish-speaking guy. He spoke a little bit of English. We were giving out tracts. And eventually, uh, it was raining, and we stood underneath uh, the movie theater, a veranda of a movie theater, an X-rated movie theater. And there we were. I don't recommend this as a place to go preach the gospel, but there we were. And this man prayed with me in tears to receive the Lord. Mm-hmm. And I was so happy to have that time with him. Then, after 9-11 in New York, a crisis, a time of crisis, just like today, we realized people, people needed to hear good news in the midst of that situation. And we began to go out on the subways. I never forget the first time we went out, about a week after the event of 9-11. The city was in a state of shock, and we weren't sure what we were doing. I was even concerned that people might think we were trying to exploit the situation. I was a little concerned. But we were there, and uh, a couple of brothers, some of the sisters, a couple of children. There was a crew of about 12 or 15 of us, and we were going to go down to what was known as Ground Zero. But on the train, we were there, and I just felt almost overwhelmed by the situation. But then I had a realization that saints around the earth were praying for us in New York. And I had a vivid realization that we were in the body and that our going out was a matter of the body. And shortly thereafter, we began to sing 
on the subway. We sang the hymn, Just As I Am. And if you know anything about New York, typically New Yorkers are not going to be listening to Just As I Am on the subway. But that day, and many days thereafter, they listened very closely. And in fact, we looked around and a number of the people were in tears because we were giving them good news in a midst of turbulence and fear. And that experience and many experiences we had during that period of time put an imprint in my heart and in my being that I can't escape. And that is people need the good news of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And uh, we sang, many were in tears. People thanked us. They took whatever we wanted to, to give to them. And this continued. I'll share one other experience during this period of time. One day we went out there was a park, a Union Square Park, Lower Manhattan, just blocks from the, from the World Trade Center area. And people would gather there, light candles, flowers were there, pictures of people that were still missing all throughout the park. And you would go to the park, you could hardly walk because many had come there to gather to try to understand and to connect with others in some way to understand what had happened. And we were there and it was just some of us and it was daunting. How do we enter into this situation? We found a little open area on the grass and uh, we began to sing again. And as we looked around, the people began to converge on us, almost like a wave where they came and they wanted to be closer. And we had song sheets and we gave out song sheets and then arm in arm, we were singing just as I am with them. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I mean, I grew up in New York. I know the way people, uh, New York people are. To have this experience was just such a joy. And you know, many, many times people did pray with us to receive Christ. Well, we, there are many other things for time's sake, we won't, we won't get into it, but I just feel, uh, brothers and sisters, we live in a unique time in human history and the world needs the gospel. Our friends need the gospel. And we even have a video that's been produced 40 languages 40 languages, excellent two minute little video. Just send that out to your friends. Don't be afraid of what they might think. They need to hear what's in that video. And it's also a very good way of establishing with some friends that you in fact are a Christian. Maybe there are friends you haven't mentioned this to before. You know, last week I sent an email out to 65 former coworkers of mine that I used to work with in the legal business. Most of them knew I was a Christian. I don't think all of them did. And I wrote an email to 65 of them in which I talked to them about the Lord, 
mention a couple of stanzas from a hymn and I got reactions. And I just felt it was, regardless of what they may think, I have an obligation to them. How can I keep this good news from these people? Even though in some cases I haven't seen them in 30 years. So saints, I, I really believe these are the days for the white horse of the gospel to run. So I'll end here. I know the brothers want to share. Amen. Um, the one thing that I, um, I get some help, a lot of help from this book. Uh, I watch me called What Shall This Man Do? <clears throat> Chapter three called Catching Men. Uh, a very, it's, it's very, uh, I'd say comforting. Uh, takes a lot of the pressure off uh, about of our ability to preach the gospel. Um, or do we have the right, do we, are we doing it the right way? Do we have the right, message. Um, one of the things he points out is that the Spirit of the Lord from Acts um, 2.17, the Lord's, the Holy Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. Well, think about that for a minute. The Spirit is poured out on all flesh. Mm -hmm. So if we, through some prayer, um, present something of the Lord to them, we have to realize the Lord is working in, in, behind, in the background. So it really doesn't depend on us. It depends on the Lord. And we said so we just trust he's the one doing the speaking and doing the convicting. And we just need to help them open their heart to the Lord. Um, in, this, in this portion, he, Watchman, he said, basically, they just need to have an honest heart to the Lord. Just need to say, Lord, I don't believe in you. But they've said, Lord. But they say, Lord, I, I, I like the way, the way I am, but I want to know you. Um, so it, it, we don't need to have the, the best method. Um, but like Ray said, we need prayer. Um, jumping into history for a minute, uh, the Welsh Revival. Um, there were 70,000 persons saved in the Welsh Revival but they were all prayed for by small groups. So we're gonna come back again to this point of the body. Get a friend or two, pray, get some friends and pr the pray for the ones you know. And right now in the world situation, the, the Lord is using the pressing, not only the spirit is poured out to convict them, the environment is pressing them. So these two things are happening right now. The, the convicting of the, of the spirit and the pressing of the environment. So, and people's lives have been turned upside down. The economy has been trashed. They don't know what to do. And so people who have, ones who have not been open before may well be open now. So get some friends, pray. Spend much time in prayer for the ones that you're burdened for. Uh, make a list, make a list, pray for them. And I think like Trevor mentioned, proper humanity is a key. Uh, knowing that you know that, that humanity is a key, I'll, I'll just guess I need to share this one one example here. Um, like I've said a couple times, that <clears throat> I had a past life of as a, a business consultant. Um, so I was in Shenzhen, China, one time, working with a, 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 another group of uh, uh, a business team, putting together a joint venture. 
And so I was working one night with the CEO and his executive staff. And I had a, a friend of mine who was a believer and knew statistics and could also knew the gospel. That was not the intention. We were talking business, talking about a business meeting, talking about how we were going to make money. Okay. That was the topic. <laughs> that was the topic of the evening. How is this, how is this um, uh, business venture going to produce funds? Um, so we were, we uh, adjourned to a business, to a business dinner and across the, uh, the table, someone asked me, what's it, what's it like to be a Christian? What is a Christian? And so we had a conversation. He got saved. He got saved right in front of his friends. Uh, I won't, won't, go into, won't go into the detail. Uh, it was just a really interesting story. I, um, for a while, at a certain point, the conversation turned away. He brought it back. He wanted to know. And so he prayed, uh, received the Lord right in front of his friends. And my point in this is we had a human relationship. Okay, I didn't meet him out on the street. We had a human relationship, and he wanted he he wanted to know what it was. The Lord the Lord was already working in his heart. Yeah, uh, the Lord was working in him, and um, the Lord just gave me gave gave me an opportunity. So a key point is preach the gospel in season and out of season. So we need to be ready. I've had a number of opportunities come to me that I wasn't expecting. Um, and I don't have the time to get into all of them or any of them, many more of them. But, um, but the Lord prepares hearts. So, and I, I can't think of a more awkward situation to preach the gospel in, but it, it was, and it was, it, it, and the Lord was there. So the key is we don't, we don't want to, we don't want to go up to our friends in an awkward way. If we have a human relationship, look for an opportunity to talk about your love for the Lord, um, what the Lord means to you. Um, uh, and don't think you have to preach or give them all the, all the key steps. If they just want to say, uh, you know, just say, I, I don't have faith. Okay. You, you, there's a the perfect verse. You know, the, um, one, 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 one of the ones said to the Lord, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. So he's there. He is there to help us. He's there to fill us and, and go before us. The Lord, so the key is the Lord is going before us. Amen. So if we're just believe, and, and now is a special time in, in, in history. Um, the gospel, the white horse is running more than ever before. So we need to pray, trust the Lord. Um, we, if we have human relationships, don't destroy the human relationship by being weird. Just look for a way to find, you know, find a conversation. Um, and so a lot of times, especially with your friends, it, it takes time. Um, eventually, uh, all my family came to know the Lord. Um, and, uh, but it took time. Some, in some cases, they were just watching me, watching me and my, my family uh, over a period of time, and they realize, you know, um, okay, maybe they're not so weird after all. <laughs> uh, and I had—I actually baptized my father um, and my youngest brother. Uh, so the the Lord, you know, the Lord is operating, um, and He'll give us He'll give us opportunities. And sometimes 
with the saints, we are, we will go out and knock on doors. We will go out on the campus. Um, other times we won't, we will be handing out Bibles at a table. Yet at the same time, we've got our daily life and our daily life to be living. And out of that daily life, the more, the Lord may surprisingly give us opportunities of ones who he's brought our way, that his spirit has been working on them. Mm. The spirit's been working. And if our, if our spirit is in touch with the Lord, um, then, um, then, uh, his, then he can touch them. And you know, that situation in China I told you about, I did spend time every morning just praying with the Lord. I did have, an op- I did have a morning time to touch the Lord every day. Um, so my spirit was obviously ready. <laughs> um, but I was, the furthest thing from my mind that night was to preach the gospel. I mean, it was, it was the furthest thing in my mind. But all of a sudden, here it was. Um, so I think many times the Lord brings us situations that we don't want to lose them. We don't want to lose the opportunity. Um, but the Lord's, the Lord's heart is for man. The Lord wants, wants man to be saved. Um, and he's, that's why he's poured his spirit out on all flesh. So I think if we just keep that in mind. Lord, the Lord's Spirit has been poured out on all flesh. Don't get anxious, especially with our friends. Um, the Lord has a time. And, and then he brings, the, you know, he brings ones through certain situations. One more, uh, one more short uh, example. Um, I was on an airplane one day, and the person on the seat next to me or, um, was really fidgety. It was really fidgety. And I asked him what was going on. He said, well, I'm going to Detroit to visit a friend who's dying of cancer. And his, he was just this very distraught. And I, ha- I happened to have a mystery of human life in my pocket. And so I shared with him. He received the Lord right there. He said, I'm going to go tell this to my friend. Now, the thing about this person, he was a, he was, he was a very successful musician. Okay. So if you had ever gone to his house and knocked on his door, you probably couldn't have got by the, the, he probably had lived in a gated community. So you couldn't have got in. Um, But he was in a situation at a time of his life where he was open. So many times there are seasons. People have seasons. Maybe your friend, maybe it's not your friend's season yet, but keep praying. Keep considering. You know, the Lord brings people seasons maybe not this year maybe next year this person had a season right then on the spot and so you know if, if i'd have met him a year earlier and i happened to meet him on the street and tried to preach the gospel he'd have just you know it would have just blown me off so realize the lord works uh he 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 has seasons for everybody so mm-hmm. if they're not ready now maybe they're ready in another time uh, so don't be discouraged that your friend doesn't receive the Lord yet, uh, especially with friends and family. It takes time. Yeah. It takes time, but they become eventually they become open, uh, because the Lord, the Lord, the Spirit has been poured out and the Lord is operating. So, Amen. Mark. Yeah, I just yeah, just real briefly, I, I really appreciate what's been shared. We we shouldn't we can't separate. Uh, 
or dissect the gospel into parts and talk about the mechanics of preaching the gospel. This really needs to be a living, needs to be a life. And for those that we care about, those that we're around, we need to pray, pray for them, have a list uh, where they are and pray for them in a regular way and pray for them with companions. This is, and the good news needs to be embraced and enjoyed by us. I mean, if we're not enjoying the good news, how does that come across when you're trying to give the good news to someone else, you know? So we need to be enjoyers of, 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 of the gospel. Mm -hmm. And also remember, it's the Lord of the harvest. Amen. We are co-laboring with him. It, we're not doing this on our own by ourselves. Right. He's the Lord of the harvest and he's with us in the labor. Amen. And it does take time. And remember, I mean, if you're in class with somebody and it's the start of the semester, if you're working with someone, you have time. And you can just, at the appropriate moment, open this to the Lord. And he will give you times where you could say something or introduce something. It doesn't have to be done all at once at one moment. So bear that in mind. You, we really need to engage with those that we're talking to. Where are they from? And be sensitive to them. Not just go through, you know, check off a checklist of uh, things to say. It really needs to be, you really need to engage with the person you're speaking with. You know, I'll just jump in. I know we're at the very end here, but I think the one thing when you really look at the word, the one thing that's required of us in connection with the gospel is just that we would be faithful. Uh, and, you know, a lot of times we measure how we're doing by the reactions of the people that we're speaking to. In other words, we get very concerned with whether they uh, like it or don't like it, or are they receiving what we say? and or they're not receiving, you know, and we get encouraged or discouraged according to whatever results we see. But, you know, a lot of times we don't see the result. Uh, and this is what, where it calls for us to be faithful and just to have faith that the Lord can take that seed that you've sown in a person's heart and the Lord can do something with that. And I can only illustrate this through my own personal experience. You know, the first time I heard the gospel, although I'd been raised as a Catholic, I heard the stories, but I did not ever really hear anything about a gospel message until I was in my university years. And I met a couple of Christians and they talked to us about the gospel, about praying to receive Christ and I'd never heard this kind of talk before. Uh, and so, of course, needless to say, I was going to argue with them. I wasn't jumping on the bandwagon. I wasn't just going to jump in there and start praying with them. It was time to argue. Well, if God loves the world, why is there so much suffering in the world? And so on and so forth. I had a number of arguments to make my case. And, uh, you know, I don't really remember how they answered the questions. But what I remember is that they had Christ shining from within them. And I knew they had something that I didn't have. 
But as far as they're concerned, uh, as far as their realization, that conversation just kind of produced a bit of a debate with this, with this guy. Uh, you know, they didn't see me pray to receive the Lord, and they never did see that. I haven't seen them since that first time they preached the gospel. But it was about a year or so later that I came to the Lord, and that conversation had a lot to do with changing my life. The thing is, they don't know, but I know. And so we will be involved many times with friends, people we might meet on the street or in a restaurant. You just have a little conversation. Don't underestimate the value of speaking Christ to another human being. And then finally, the last point I would make is, here's the number one requirement for us to be a good gospel preacher. It's a thick skin. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Amen. Trust me on that. Just to stress again what Mark said, it's the Lord of the harvest. Right. The Spirit's been poured out on all flesh. is the Lord of the harvest. And give it time, especially with friends and family. Give it time. Amen. Thank you, brother, so much for tonight.